greatest gift God has given this world is the precious gift of grace. Please understand that grace is not a teaching. Grace is a person, the person of Jesus Christ. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Open your spirit and prepare to receive, through Bishop Herb Andrew, God's Word of Grace, which is building you up from the inside out, while positioning you to enjoy the inheritance Jesus paid for with His blood. This is your moment of grace. Hi, I'm Bishop Herb Andrew, and this is your moment of grace. The Bible says in Daniel chapter number 9 and verse number 24 that 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. When you think in terms of this 70 weeks of prophecy, it literally speaks to the time of Nehemiah's building, or rebuilding rather, of the city of Jerusalem. It speaks to the time of Nehemiah's rebuilding of that city to the time of Jesus's crucifixion on the cross. It was a 70-year period between the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem and Jesus's crucifixion on Calvary's cross. And what this verse does for us is it confirms what actually happened for us as a result of Jesus's crucifixion. Notice again, he says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city. He says, first of all, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean when it says that through the crucifixion of Jesus, our transgressions were finished? Well, let's read it in the New Living Translation, and maybe that'll help. Because the Bible says in the New Living Translation, a period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion. That's it right there. He says, to finish our transgressions is to make an end of all of our rebellion. In other words, what Jesus has done through his crucifixion, according to the word of God, is first of all, he has finished our crucifixion. He has made an end to all of our rebellion. Now, now think about it for a moment. Think about it. What that is letting us know is that Jesus has put away the guilt. He's put away the punishment. He's even put away the offering that was required for our rebellion. And he did it in and through his finished work at the cross. You know, when you really begin to understand some of the symbol, uh, the symbols of the Bible, when you begin to uh, see the Bible in and through the death and in and through the grace of our Savior, Jesus Christ, it's amazing how the word of God opens up for us. 
Because think about that Ark of the Covenant. Many of us, we're familiar with the Ark, and for years we talked about how it is that the Ark represents the presence of God. Well, when you look at it, yes, the Ark does represent the presence of God, but the Ark represents so much more. That Ark, it literally represents Jesus himself. The, bar, the ark, the Bible says, it is made of acacia wood. Uh, wood represents man, which lets us know that Jesus is all man. The, the, the ark was overlaid in pure gold, uh, gold on the inside, gold on the outside, and gold represents deity. And that lets us know that Jesus was not only all man, but he was 100% God as well. But then think about it. The Bible says that that ark on top, it had a cover. That cover was called the mercy seat. That mercy seat, it was actually the place where the blood of the sacrifices would be, would be placed. But now watch what was in the ark. What was inside of the ark was everything related to man's rebellion. Within the ark, you had Aaron's rod that represented man's rebellion against God's leadership. Within that ark, you had a jar of manna, which represents man's rebellion to God's supply. Within that ark, there was also the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of stone that the Ten Commandments were written on, which represents God's or man's rejection of God's standard. So watch now, because the Bible says that through the crucifixion, God finished our transgressions. He literally took all of that which represents our rebellion, put it on the inside of the ark, covered the ark with the mercy seat, and then allow blood to be poured upon that mercy seat. And now, when God from above looked down upon our rebellion, he could not see that man was rebelling against leadership. He could not see our rebellion against supplies that he has given unto us, he could not see the rebellion of his standards, the Ten Commandments. Why? Because they were all covered by the blood that was poured on that mercy seat. See, understand that through the crucifixion of Jesus, our transgressions, our rebellion has been put away. He put away the guilt. He put away the punishment. And through Jesus's crucifixion, God put away the offering that was required for our rebellion. But the Bible says not only did he do that, but the Bible says that he also made an end of our sins. Listen to it again. Seventy weeks are determined for your holy people and for your holy city to finish the transgressions and to make an end of our sins. Boy, that is so powerful when you really understand what God is saying to us. Because we are now, family, under the new covenant, under this new covenant of grace, 
God, through the crucifixion of Jesus, he has made an end of our sins. Hebrews 8 and 12 says it like this, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Man, if you would only embrace that revelation that because of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, because of what Jesus has, has, has endured on that cross, our heavenly father has made an end of all of our sins. He says, under this covenant, I am merciful to your unrighteousness and your sins and your lawless deeds. God says, I will remember them no more. Now, now I have a question for you. If God says he remembers your sins no more, why are you and I holding on to them? Why are we consistently torturing ourselves over mistakes that that we have made that we cannot go back and change mistakes and sin that God says because of the crucifixion of Jesus I remember them no more in other words family we must understand that one of the benefits and blessings of walking in the grace of God is that he through his grace has made an end of our sins. Now, I, I, I know I know what many of you are asking because, you know, I've asked that same question before the Spirit of Grace gave me full revelation. Many of you, you're asking the question, well, Bishop, are you saying to me that because I have accepted Jesus, because I am now a believer, I can never sin? That is not what I said. That is not what I said, but what I did say is because of the crucifixion of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, he has made an end to our sins. Look, look, look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter number six and verse number eight. Maybe this will help. The word of God says, now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. Listen to what it says in verse 10. This is very important. He says, for the death that Jesus died, he died to sin once. He died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Verse 11 says, likewise also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now that's very important because notice the Bible says in verse number 10, that Jesus died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. But then in verse 11, he says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. So when we're saying that through the crucifixion of Jesus, God has made an end to our sins. In other words, 
the Bible says that Jesus died to sin once. He died to sin once for all. But then in verse 11, it says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. So in other words, the Bible is letting us know that the same way that Jesus died to sin is the same way that we as believers are dead to sin. In other words, think about it. The Bible says Jesus died to sin once for all. Well, did Jesus die to the act of sinning? Of course not, because he knew no sin. He never committed any acts of sin. So what I'm saying to you is that the same way Jesus died is the same way we died to sin. If Jesus didn't die to the act of sin, then we did not die to the act of sin. That's why as believers, we can still commit acts of sin. That's why there are believers who, who, who are committing consistently acts of sin. Why? Because the same way Jesus died to sin is the same way we died to sin. Jesus never committed any acts of sin, so he did not die to the act of sin. Therefore, we did not die to the act of sin, and we still have the ability to commit them. Well, how did Jesus die to sin? Well, Jesus died to the imputation of sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. Jesus, the sin that he dealt with was not sin he committed. It was sin that was imputed unto him. It was our sin that was put into his account. He died to the imputation of sin. He also died to the punishment of sin and the condemnation of sin. Because as he hung on that cross, because our sins were imputed unto him, were put into his account, the Bible says that now he has our sins put on him. Therefore, he is now condemned for sin and he is now punished for those sins. Not the ability to commit sins because he never committed any sins. What are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying to you is this. What I'm saying is because of what Jesus has done, the same way Jesus died to sin, we too have died to that same sin. The crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for us as believers it has literally made an end to all of our sins. In other words, we have not lost the ability to commit sin. I, I, I wish that was the case, but, but the truth of the matter is, it, it is not. We, we have not lost the ability to commit sins, but we have died to the imputation of sins. In other words, sin will never ever be put into our account. Even when we miss it, 
The sin is not put in our account because it was already put in the account of Jesus. Not only did we die to the, the imputation of sin, because the sin is not put in our account, there is therefore now no condemnation for sin. Not only can sin not be put in our account, now we can no longer be condemned for sin. And Jesus, he didn't just die to the imputation and the condemnation, but he was punished. The Bible says he died to sin and he died to sin one time. He says this is going to be a one-time transaction where all of your sin is put in my account. All of your sin is condemned in my body and all of your sin is punished in my body. And Jesus says to us that because of the crucifixion, because we have embraced him as savior, he has made an end to our sins. In other words, even when we miss it, we are dead to the imputation of sin. Sin will never ever be put in our account. Even when we miss it, because of the crucifixion, we are dead to the condemnation of sin. We will never ever again be condemned for sin. Even when we miss it, hallelujah, we are dead. We will never have to experience the punishment for sins. Why? Because all of the punishment took place in the body of Jesus. I guess what I'm trying to say to us today is this. When you understand the blessings and the benefits that were released through the crucifixion of our Savior, you'll understand that he has finished our transgressions and his finished work made an end of our sins. Meditate on that throughout the day. Think about how Jesus died to sin once and he said to us, reckon ourselves also to be dead to sin just as he was. God bless you, family. Meditate on this and allow it to bless you throughout the day. For this has been your moment of grace. Be sure to follow us on our social media platforms by subscribing to our Beacon Light of Homer YouTube channel and following us on Beacon Light of Homer Facebook and Instagram pages. Join us for a life-changing word on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. for our Beacon Light of Homer worship experience or Wednesday on our Grace Reloaded Bible Study at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Bishop Herb would love to hear from you. Leave your comments and be sure to stay connected by subscribing to this Moment of Grace podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, make sure you share it with your friends and loved ones. Remember, because of his awesome grace, our God is faithful to manifest every blessing and benefit Jesus has paid for through his finished work on the cross of Calvary. Our part is to believe, receive, and enjoy what has already been provided, motivated by his tremendous love. Until next time, this has been your moment of grace. Thank you for sharing on today.